We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Hello and welcome to Laying the Points, a Rotovis podcast brought to you by my bookie. I'm Anthony Amico. You can find me on Twitter at Amixta. And my co-host is Action Network writer Matt Lamarca. You can follow on Twitter at Matt Lamarca. Matt, how's it going? Going pretty good, uh, but I feel like we always talk about me, so I'm going to flip it on you today. How's it going <laughs> with you, sir? It's doing good. It's doing well. I mean, uh, school's out for the summer, which is always nice. We Big. got uh, football practice started. We got you know a couple practices under our belts here, so team's looking good. So I'm excited. You know, good, all good things right now. That's awesome. So uh, today we're going to talk a little NFL obviously has me has me excited uh before we get into the show just want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 30 percent discount to a rotoviz nfl pass by subscribing to the podcast homepage rotoviz.com slash podcast uh you know it is june now end of june uh, so the fantasy season at least to me i think is in full swing uh nfl prop action i think is in full swing uh, we definitely want to make sure we put you on a successful track for both. Uh, so today we're going to run through some NFL quarterbacks. We're going to talk about their my bookie odds to lead the league in passing yards. It's a prop that we mentioned, I think, a couple shows ago. And then we're going to discuss kind of what to make of them 
for fantasy. We'll go in tiers. And we're going to tier it up based on the yardage prop. So the stud tier, according to my bookie, we have Tom Brady plus 330 to lead the league in yards, uh, passing yards. Drew Brees plus 500 and Aaron Rodgers plus 650. So we have some questions. Uh, I mean, first, Matt, I mean, Brady led the league in yards last year and was the league's MVP. Uh, how do you like his odds at a repeat performance? Yeah, so I think that overall this is interesting. If we're going to compare, you know, sort of the odds from my bookie versus uh, like fantasy ADP, which you would think there would be some uh, correlation, but there really appears to be almost none. So Brady is the favorite to lead the league in passing yards, and you know, going off those odds, he he's a pretty significant favorite. But he's being drafted as just the seventh quarterback off the board right now, uh, according to my fantasy league data. And this is only in redraft leagues, so it's not like we're talking about you know dynasties or something where uh, you know his age is going to negatively affect him. So I do think that's pretty interesting for his odds to lead the league in passing yards. I, I think I'm off him at plus three thirty. You know he did win it last year, but that was a pretty significant outlier. I think. Um, that was the fewest passing yards to lead the league since 2006. He only had uh, 4,577 yards. You typically need to get closer to 5,000, if not over 5,000 to do so. So um, I think that Brady, you know, while he's a good bet to, you know, stay in that mid-4,000 passing yard range, I don't think he really has the 5,000-yard upside. You know, he's never hit. Uh, or I'm sorry, he's hit 5,000 once in his whole career. And the last time he led the league in passing yards prior to last season was 2007. So, uh, yeah, the fact that he's 41 years old now, and I think that, you know, it's going to take significantly more yards this year than it did last year to lead the league. Uh, I am off of Tom Brady here. Yeah, I'm with you in terms of the prop. I mean, he he really almost won that through, like, attrition last year because so many quarterbacks got hurt. Uh, I mean, like Jameis Winston was on like a 5,000 yard pace last year, but missed, you know, a couple games, uh, left a couple games early. So, uh, you know, stuff like that was kind of happening around the league. Obviously, Rodgers missed a significant portion of the season. So there's a lot that kind of went in, in Brady's favor. I still really like him for fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely think that to go along with what you said, like, I, I do think that these odds should match ADP somewhat. Obviously, like, quarterback rushing isn't going to be factored in but like a, a pocket passer like Brady like you'd assume that if he's the favorite so we believe in yards he'd also be kind of a top fantasy quarterback and he's not really being drafted that way so uh, I think a little uh, a little value with Tom even though I don't really draft quarterbacks early uh, in general anyway yeah I agree I'm not you know we'll talk a little bit fantasy rankings at the end I'm not as high on Brady as you are but I certainly think he's uh, a better quarterback than QB seven right now. So yeah, I agree. There's, there's nice value with him at the moment. Now, uh, breeze had a down year last year by his standards for fantasy. I mean, uh, you know, this is someone who uh, routinely was towards the top of the league in, you know, not just passing yards, but uh, pass attempts, uh, 536 attempts last year, uh, by far uh, the lowest that he's had since 2009. Uh, you know, each of the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seasons, uh, he's been well over 600 uh, attempts. So a uh, down year for him statistically as a result. Uh, do you think that he bounces back in 2018? 
he probably sees a little bit of, re- of regression in that department, but I don't think enough where he's going to lead the league in passing yards again. You know, they only passed at the 20, uh, the 20th highest frequency last year, New Orleans, at roughly 56.4% of their plays. You know, they cl- made it a clear focus that they want to run the ball more, um, and, and that's reflected in their numbers. You know, prior to that, they were routinely in the top five in pass percentage. So uh, I think as long as Alvin Kamara is still there and, you know, my, Mark Ingram's going to start the year suspended, but he should play a big factor too. Um, the defense was better last year. I think all things considered, if New Orleans, you know, gets to play to their desired game script, Breeze really shouldn't approach, you know, 5,000 pass yards again this season. Yeah, I mean, they really showed a difference in approach last year. I think it's definitely in an effort to, you know, preserve Breeze. He is older. He's going to be entering his age 39 season. Uh, so it's definitely in their best interest to kind of play a little more ball control, uh, run the football. They have the pieces, of course, to do that. And, you know, when they need Breeze in a pinch, he still, you know, he still is a Hall of Fame uh, caliber quarterback. So. Uh, I definitely think that his numbers will come up. I think that they'll pass more. I don't think the defense will be as good as it was last year. Uh, and I think, you know, from a touchdowns perspective, he probably got a little unlucky last year, only 23 touchdowns. Um, but, you know, obviously touchdowns coming up don't really help him with the yardage. I don't think, like you said, that he has kind of like that that yardage ceiling that we're used to seeing. So I'm definitely probably going to pass uh, on the number. Uh, Rodgers, though. Uh, the third guy here at plus 650. He's going to be without Jordy Nelson this season. Uh, he is now in Oakland. The last time that Rodgers was without Jordy was in 2015. Uh, Rodgers played all the games, but he finished as just QB 12. Uh, what are you expecting from him in 2018? Uh, certainly a better finish than QB 12. <laughs> um, I think it's different when a player goes down unexpectedly, you know, and you have to kind of recuperate on the fly. Um, this team is now constructed without Jordy Nelson as a, a, you know, intended decision. And I think that with, um, you know, Devontae Adams now knowing he's the number one guy, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, that said, this might be the most off prop, in my opinion, in terms of just being plus 650. Rodgers is, is an outstanding quarterback and a great fantasy quarterback, but he is not exactly a yardage monster. You know, his career high in passing yards is less than 4,500. So, I'm sorry, 4,643, but that was back in 2011. So, I definitely don't think that he's going to be a guy who is airing it out like some of these other guys. Um, I, I view him as a nice fantasy quarterback, obviously, but six, plus six, 650 for me is not enough for him uh, in terms of the passing yardage. Yeah, I mean, he's only played all the games uh, three of the last five seasons. Uh, you know, Rodgers does it really with touchdown rate. You know, he has an elite touchdown rate. Uh, the kind of guy that has a lot of games where he throws for like 212 yards and three touchdowns or four touchdowns. Like right. that's that's his game, you know, and the Packers traditionally stay very balanced on offense. I know that they did make uh, a bunch of personnel changes. Um, but, you know, if you look at his pass attempts – over his career, he had 610 attempts in 2016, uh, still only got to 4,400 yards, you know, like, and that's really a career high by a pretty significant amount. So I don't, uh, I don't really for- foresee him even competing for this. So I agree uh, with everything that you said. Uh, if you had to pick a guy in this group for the yardage prop, like out of the three, 
who would it be and, and what would who would be your top guy here for fantasy? Um, Rogers is my top fantasy guy. Uh, you know, I, he's pretty much the consensus QB one right now. Uh, I have him as my QB one. I don't think it's necessarily a situation where he like belongs in his own tier or anything like that. But um, I do think if I had to just take one guy for fantasy this year, it would be Rogers. As far as the prop, uh, I'm fading this whole tier. I know you said I had to pick one, but I refuse. Uh, I'm not taking. <laughs> I'm not taking any of these guys at their current odds. I just don't think they're long enough. I mean, I, I agree. Obviously, like we we went through all three guys, and we basically said that we didn't like it. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe Breeze is like a backdoor kind of a guy, but I, like for the reasons you said, it just doesn't really make sense. So I, I Brady's my top fantasy guy here. We'll talk a little more about that later, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just doesn't seem like a, a, a good prop to bet. I mean, and I think in general, like, there's so much variance that's going to go into, like, who leads the league in yards because it's a cumulative statistic. So, like, injuries are going to be a big part of that. Um, you know, even just injuries to, like, various players on the offense. Like, you don't want to take a favorite in this kind of a prop. I feel like you definitely want to take a little bit of a longer shot. Yep, and, um, you know, game script is going to play in it too. You know, like, if these teams are good, they could potentially be sitting week 16, week 17. They might not have to throw much in the fourth quarter. Um, I think that a lot of stuff plays into it. You know, uh, typically you want to target favorites in uh, fantasy football, but I think that has more to do with their expected touchdown production than it does their number of attempts or their yardage that they're putting up. So I actually think it might be better in that regard to target a team that isn't exactly going to light the world on fire. Yep. Now, if we get into Tier 2, uh, I think we'll have uh, a little bit more compelling conversation probably. We have Ben Roethlisberger, 8-1. to uh, Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, and Phillip Rivers are all 12-1. to Matt Ryan, 15-1. to Deshaun Watson and uh, Jimmy G, 16-1. to uh, so Roethlisberger being fourth on the list, I think uh, overall probably will surprise some people. Uh, do you think he's worthy of that? Yeah. The only question for me with Roethlisberger is his health, right? You know, he hasn't played 16 games in each of the past three seasons. But if he is healthy, this guy has the potential to to definitely lead the league in yards, in my opinion. Um, the best collection of weapons in the NFL. He has, you know, the un- unquestioned number one wide receiver and Antonio Brown. He's got perhaps the best receiving back in the league in Le'Veon Bell. And then, you know, two guys in Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, who, uh, you know, we both really like. Vance McDonald has some potential. You know, there, there's just weapons all over the field for this guy. And if he can stay healthy, he has the potential to lead the league in yards, uh, just like he did back in 2014. So uh, I like Roethlisberger. There's a lot of hate surrounding Roethlisberger in fantasy football circles right now. He's only going off the board as QB 18, but I think that's a huge mistake given just the the sheer collection of talent that this guy has around him. Yeah, big fan of Big Ben. Um, If you just look at kind of what he's done, you mentioned the injuries. Last three seasons, he's uh, second in passing yards per game uh, behind only Breeze, and we we kind of already talked about why Breeze is probably going to be down this year. So, I mean, Roethlisberger is almost like a – like, to me, he should be in, like, that first group. Because I, I totally think, agree. Like, passing yards, he's there, right? Yeah, like – so I, I think you're getting a little bit of a discount. I mean, I, we, I, I talked about betting this a couple weeks ago. I think he was still 8-1, to one, so I, the, the line hasn't moved or anything. 
Yup. Um, I still think it's a good bet. I think there's some correlation between this, but like, if you had to pick one quarterback this season to bet on to have a 500-yard game, Roethlisberger would have to be the top choice, right? Like, I feel oh, like yeah. I feel like he does it every season. So if he can do that once or twice and then stay healthy for 16 games, I agree. I think he should be closer to the Breeze, you know, Rodgers tier than, uh, than the rest of these guys. Now, Kirk Cousins left the Redskins. He joins Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs in Minnesota. Uh, how do you think he's going to be, you know, as a fantasy player? Can he realistically compete here uh, for this prop? It's going to be interesting. Um, you know, I like Cousins in fantasy, but Minnesota is just a really good team. You know, like uh, Keenum, we kind of knocked him, but he had a great year last year. And especially considering that Minnesota only threw the ball at the 28th highest percentage in the league. You know, like this is a good team. They want to lean on their running game. They're going to have Dalvin Cook back this year. Uh, I think this offense has the potential to be really explosive, but I just don't know if the volume is going to be there for Cousins to theoretically get up there to the passing yards leaders. Yeah, that's where I'm at, too. I mean, the defense is really strong. This doesn't really project to be a team that's going to be playing from behind a lot. Uh, You know, and when you mentioned kind of like their splits, that's like he doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to throw the ball 600 600 times. Um, You know, he'll probably be really efficient, but... I just don't think I don't think he's going to be like a true difference maker in fantasy, and I don't think he's going to be like a true, uh, you know, target for a prop like this, just because you need to have like that ceiling, you know. And I don't really see that kind of in his range of outcomes. Like a, a bunch of guys on Minnesota's defense would have to get hurt for me to really like that. Uh, now Deshaun Watson to me is like uh, a guy that I think Twitter is like really split on. Like some people think he is like a mega value in like the fifth or sixth because of how good he was last year. Some people think there's like no real way you can kind of draft them. Uh, what is your stance on his 2018 outlook? And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, that's kind of the question. I guess. <laughs> um, you know that I was driving the bandwagon for Deshaun Watson last year. Yeah. Um, I, I only w- wrote one football piece over at Rotoviz, and it was about how you should be drafting Deshaun Watson. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my props on that, pat myself on the back a little bit because even in just you know what six games or so, he provided enough value at his uh, ADP that he was being drafted at. That said, the fact that he's going as the second QB off the board, based off of that small of a sample size, to me is pretty concerning. Um, I do like him. I like his fantasy upside, particularly with with his rushing ability, but. As far as this yardage prop goes, and and even being drafted at QB two, I have to fade him in that regard. Yeah, I mean the pa- the passing prop to me is just a complete farce yeah. because I don't even see like I, I don't think people realize this, but like last year, like even with Watson in the game, the the Texans were still like fifty fifty. Basically on offense, like they were actually leaned like probably a little more on their run game, like probably even like 51, 49, like run. Um, Like they just don't throw enough. They don't want to throw enough. Like they want to be really balanced. They want to use Watson's legs, which is uh, definitely an asset when we talk about something like fantasy. But he has no shot to to win this passing yardage prop. Like it's just not going to happen. And then when you look at like some of the peripheral numbers around him uh, just for last year, uh, you know, obviously the, the big TD rate 
uh, throwing the ball 9.3% of all of his passing attempts last year resulted in a touchdown. Like, wow, that's obviously not going to happen. Like again, like, I mean, that is just an insane, insane number. Uh, Will Fuller, especially it was just like a touchdown machine. I feel like he had two touchdowns like every game last year. <laughs> Pretty much. With uh with Watson. Like it was insane. Um so like I think like people see that and they say, okay, like it let's just extrapolate what he did over those games over sixteen games, then you're like, oh crap, he's like the best fantasy quarterback ever. Um but like it's just not realistic. And I think that like even if you just look at the games that he played and like how good he was, like there were still obvious flaws uh in kind of like how he was performing because he's still like a really young player, you know, he still has lots to learn. Like, I just don't, I don't really think it's realistic to expect him to like over a 16 game season, have like 4,000 yards passing, like 25 passing touchdowns, 800 yards rushing, six rushing touchdowns. Like it just doesn't, I just don't think you're really banking on, on uh, like logic and probabilities there. So Watson's kind of a stay away for me in fantasy. And he, I, I mean, there's just no chance. He, he's like completely off the board for me in this prop. Now, yeah, if we get – there's three nice veterans here, Rivers, Ryan, Stafford. Uh, always underrated, I feel like. Uh, are you buying any of them when it comes to either this prop or uh, your fantasy teams? Um, uh, Potentially. Uh, I- I'm really interested primarily in Stafford for the passing yard prop. Um, Detroit threw the ball at the second highest frequency in the league last year, which is really nice. You know, they don't figure to be a great team this year, which I already mentioned, I think, um, is a plus for passing yardage props. And we've seen the guy have, you know, a a close to 5,000 yard, even uh, exceeding 5,000 yard season in the past. Now, granted, his numbers have not been as good since Calvin Johnson retired. But um, I think that, you know, if you look at the collections of weapons, if you think that Kenny Galladay can maybe take take a step forward. That could certainly help him get back to that level. And, uh, you know, Theo Riddick catching passes out of the backfield, one of the best in the business in that regard. So, um, yeah, it'd be nice if they played a little bit faster this season. I think that's really what held him back. But overall, I think all three guys could be nice values in fantasy, but I don't see a ton of value with any of them uh, in this prop. Uh, Rivers, in particular... They've shown just an increased willingness to pound the ball in the run game, especially when the game is competitive early. So I think that caps his upside. And then the same goes with um, Atlanta and Matt Ryan. You know, they they only passed at the 22nd highest frequency last year. Two really good running backs in Tevin Coleman and uh, Devontae Freeman. So I think that those two teams will definitely be balanced this season once again. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. Uh you know, I think for Rivers, especially the Hunter Henry, the Hunter Henry injury kind of takes him out because he's been so efficient for them. And I think it would really take like Mike Williams, I think, would have to end up being like a pretty special player for Rivers to to come close to hitting that mark. Just because, I mean, Keen Allen isn't going to do it all by himself. I mean, Keen Allen's awesome. Right. But you just can't just you can't just have the one guy. Right. You know? Williams it, figures to be more of like a touchdown scorer, you know, red zone type of guy than a field stretcher, in my opinion. Right. Too. Right. Which I totally agree with. Um, and yeah, like Detroit always throws the ball like that's just like a Stafford. All the Stafford offenses like you look the last like six or seven years, like yeah, as long as he's been a starter, they've been in like the top 10 or 11 in, in terms of pass attempts. But the pace has just been so slow the last two years with, with a good old Jim Bob 
uh, run, run the show. Yeah, 27th in uh, neutral uh, pace last year, according to Football Outsiders, 25th in 2016. So it definitely seems like a trend for them. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't really think that they're going to have much incentive to, to speed things up. They've been 9-7 and seven the last two years. Like, I think that this is kind of a formula that they, they feel works for them. And, uh, you know, Matt Patricia coming in as the head coach, I don't think really changes much. I think the fact that they, I think the fact that they hired Patricia really says that they wanted to keep Cooter and the continuity in the offense. Uh, so I don't really expect like a lot of changes there. I do think that like fantasy wise, he's going to be very good because I do believe in Galladay. I think he's a good player. Um, you know, Marvin Jones and Golden Tate have been good already in this offense the last couple of years. So I think that there's a lot of really good weapons. I don't think that the run game is going to be too imposing. Um, the one really good thing that I think is going to go Stafford's way is that this team has made a bunch of upgrades on the offensive line. Uh, so if his sack rate comes down, then he does get some more attempts that way. Uh, and that's kind of that's kind of like his main way, I guess, to compete uh, for the prop. I don't really – I still don't think that he's going to have what it takes to, to get there at the end. But – uh, I could see laying like a small bet, I think, on on these odds just because they are uh, fairly long. You know, 12 to 1, I think, is is reasonable for a guy who uh, has like the kind of upside. Like, I still think he's going to finish like close to 600 attempts. So it's like, you know, if he gets to 620 or something through like some of these attrition factors, then we're talking about like maybe he wins it. So I, I like Stafford. I definitely like him for fantasy. And I think uh, I think he's a decent bet here. Uh, let's get into Jimmy G because the hype train I think is has been rolling like crazy. You know we had the win streak last year to end to 2017. Uh, so are you in or, in or out on Jimmy Matt? I mean 16 to one. I, I feel like that they expect him to be fairly competitive in terms of the betters. Uh, what do you think of him? Yeah, I'm out. Um, <laughs> again, he's being drafted as the sixth quarterback in fantasy, and it's That's not crazy. Yeah, it's not um, you know, as small of a sample size as Deshaun Watson, but it's pretty close. Um and you know, I guess again like San Francisco probably will be a poor team, but, so that could help him in that regard and they were 6th in pass percentage last season. So, I actually like him more for the yardage prop than I do for fantasy, but uh, I still think that his odds should be longer than plus sixteen hundred. I think he should be closer to some of this this next tier that we're going to talk about. Yeah, I agree with that. And like the thing with Garoppolo too is that there's no one on San Francisco to me that screams like touchdown scorer. Like I, I don't really know like from a, for a fantasy perspective, I don't really know where the touchdowns are coming from. Like Pierre don't Garcon, they have your boy Pierre. I love Pierre, <laughs> but Robes Pierre is never a scorer. Um, like, but that, and like, George that's the Kittle, <laughs> <laughs> you're not buying George Kittle in the eighth round or wherever he's going these days. No, I, I totally agree. I totally Are you kidding agree. me, Mike? They, they drafted Dante Pettis. I mean, what do you think? Bucky's Goodwin. He stretches the field, Mike. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't really see the scoring upside here for fantasy and, uh, and I do think that, like, ultimately, like, yeah, like, you're building your team around Jimmy G, but they also did pay uh, Jarek McKinnon, like, $10 million this year. So I, I think he's going to get the ball. I think they were going to run the ball a little bit more than they did last season. Um, so, yeah, ultimately, I'm out here. I still think that Garoppolo is, like, a good player. I just don't really think that, like, the pieces – I don't think that, like, the team is complete for him to really have, like, the elite season. I buy that. It'd be one thing if they got, you know, uh, Allen Robinson in the offseason, like, was rumored – 
right. but with his weapons, I think it's going to be tough for him. All right. So out of these guys, I think we have a pretty good idea of who you like, Matt. But you know, who's your favorite guy for the yardage prop, and who's your favorite guy for fantasy? Um. So yeah, I, it's going to be Roethlisberger for both for me. Like I love the plus eight hundred with him. Um, I think that he's better than eight to one odds to do it this year. So um, even though he might not be as long as some of these other guys, I think that plus eight hundred is still good value with him. And coming off the board at QB sixteen is pretty criminal in my opinion. Like yes, I would rather have you know Deshaun Watson than him this season, but when you look at the price that you have to pay for both guys, I don't think it's even close. I agree. Um, I'm taking Ben. I think I'm taking Stafford for fantasy. That's like a really close, like that whole area for me, uh, like when it gets to like my rankings, like the Stafford, Breeze, Ben group to me is, is pretty tough to separate. But I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Stafford just for the uh, the overall consistency of Stafford has been very, very good. Right. It's It's nice that you can pencil him in for 16 starts basically every year. Yep, which I think a couple years ago people would have thought you were nuts for saying that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little my bookie before we get into the next tier because I I have to tell you like this is this is the time where you need to start considering who your book is. I mean, we're getting into football season. This is the time where you want to be able to make the best bets. This is the time where you want to be able to get the best odds. This is the time where you know, you want to be able to, at the end of the year, get your payout and get it quick. And, you know, that's why you need to join my bookie. They, they don't give you the runaround with the payout. They give you, you know, quick, no hassle payouts. Customer service is great. I've had some very good experiences with customer service with them. Um, you know, I just think that you're wasting your time betting elsewhere. Join my bookie today. You know, they have in-game live betting. I think that's going to be a ton of fun for football this year. Uh, and I kind of expect them to have some fantasy stuff like they, they installed during basketball season as well. They've had them for uh, baseball recently. So, yeah, I think for sure there's going to be some fantasy props and they're going to be super exploitable. Not, not to knock my bookie, our sponsor, but get your money in there just to take advantage of some of these lines that they set for the fantasy props. Definitely. I mean, I, if you know what you're doing and, and you have a maybe a site that you like with good projections, like a really, really good opportunity to, to bounce some of that off in uh in the betting uh so join now you know my bookie's still matching your first deposit for a 50 percent bonus as long as you use promo code laying the points so do that activate this offer visit mybookie.ag today you play you win you get paid mybookie.ag now let's get into tier three here of the quarterbacks this is this is to me where it starts to get fun uh james winston 18 to 1 patrick mahomes 20 to 1 andrew luck 25 to 1 Case Keenum and Derek Carr, 30 to 1. Alex Smith, Carson Wentz, and Jared Goff, all 33 to 1. Now, I think we can probably just scratch Winston off the list for the yardage prop. He, he does have the three game suspension incoming, it seems like, uh, for the issue with the Uber. Um, <laughs> this guy where, is a mess. Like, yeah, the fact that, like, they can't, not, like, not to sidebar too much on this, because I, I don't know enough of the details to really comment, but, like, the fact that, they very clearly can't even like get their story straight is like the biggest of red flags to me. Um, but like, so, uh, you know, with the suspension, I think he, he's definitely not going to win the prop, but what do you, what about like for fantasy? No, thank you. Um, <laughs> the guy is just not a good quarterback. Like, is that, is that too far of a limb to go out on? I mean, and maybe he can take another step forward. He's still young, but until he cuts down on these bonehead turnovers, I just don't see how he can 
put it together for a fantasy season. You know, like he had 11 picks in 13 games last year and probably could have had double that. The guy throws up so many, you know, uh, like just floater balls that, uh, you know, he's a, he's a strong bet to lead the league in interceptions. Maybe not playing 13 games, but, you know, uh, again, just no thank you for me on Winston. I, I, he's got at the point now where I need to see it from him before I'm willing to buy in. Yeah, put very simply for Jameis, he's uh, he's got a lot of Eli in him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot of picks. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, and I think, like, especially with quarterback being so deep for fantasy, like, you don't want to draft a guy and have him be on your bench for three games and you don't even really know, like, kind of what you're going to get. Like, you'd rather just draft someone you can start. I mean, maybe pick Winston up as a streamer later on, but you just don't really need to draft him. Yeah, to, to that effect, uh, I just did a FFPC draft the other day, and I think Winston went in the 20th round. So if you do like him, he's basically free right now, but, you know, you're not going to be able to start him for the first three weeks. Like, I, I'm personally, he's not on, on my draft board. All right, Patty Mahomes, Matt, in or out. This is the new, uh, this is the sophomore sensation not named Deshaun Watson. I'm going to let you go first on him since this is your boy. I mean, obviously in. Uh, I think he's really good, like, from a evaluation standpoint. Like, he was my top quarterback last year. I think that he's a good player. He's got a strong arm, very athletic. Uh, posted, like, some really crazy numbers in college. Uh, so, like, all that stuff to me is good, but I don't even think that to like him as a fantasy player, uh, you have to like him as a quarterback. Like I, the yardage prop to me is not going to happen. Like I, I, I take him out of that completely. But when you factor in like the rushing numbers that he's probably going to put up and like all the guys that he has to throw to, that's really where he, he wins for me as a fantasy guy because Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins have both been really, really efficient over their careers uh, as receivers, obviously Watkins last year was like a little down with the Rams, but when he was on Buffalo, like he was just a long play machine. Um, Travis Kelsey is easily a very, t- uh, easily a top two tight end in football. Uh, and Kareem Hunt is obviously very good. Just love the league and rushing yards as a rookie. So like all, the infrastructure that he's in is just so good that, uh, I actually think that it would take, it would take Mahomes to, to be like pretty bad to not like produce some kind of numbers here. Um, so that's really the main reason I'm buying him. Like if he, if he's actually good, like if he's the player that I think he is, then he, we're talking like perennial, like elite and fantasy quarterback. But I think that like, he's pretty much a QB one just based on his surroundings. Yeah. I mean, Andy Reid quarterbacks, right? Like they're typically always pretty darn good. You know, he got the best season of Alex Smith's career last year. Um, and they still showed no hesitation moving on from him. So I think that goes to show you how they view Mahomes. Um, the fact that he is only plus 2,000, I think, is a really good sign for him. You know, like uh, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, who both had dominant years last year, are plus 3,300. So yep. the books are clearly giving this guy a lot of respect. So, yeah, I'm totally in on Mahomes for fantasy. And I honestly think he does have an outside shot of leading the league in yards just based off the number of big plays that I think this offense is going to generate. You know, you know I'm all in on Tyreek Hill. I think he's going to score a handful of, you know, long touchdowns. Same goes for Watkins if he can stay healthy. And Travis Kelsey is a monster field stretcher tight end. You know, Kareem Hunt has shown that he can catch passes out of the backfield. So 
Uh, yeah, I'm all in on the Chiefs offense. Uh, I don't know if I will actually bet Mahomes at plus 2,000, but I can see the logic behind actually doing it as well. Yeah, I definitely I, I like all, all of what you said there as a as the leader of Team Mahomes. I will not have that stripped for me, by the way. I don't care. <laughs> it's you. It's you. you can I don't it. care what any of these fucking guys on Twitter says. Like, that is my <laughs> dude. That is my dude. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Please don't. Please don't. Don't at me on Twitter about this. Um, <laughs> Adam. How much? Now, Luck's odds, I mean, plus 2,500, I think, like, for what we know about Andrew Luck seems low. Um, do you think that is mostly driven by health? Or do you think it's a lot about also like just the Colts like being pretty bad? Uh, I think it's obviously all about health. I mean, Luck, the last time he played a full season, had over 4,700 yards. So uh, to me, this is a great investment. I mean, it's low risk. And if we get the Andrew Luck that we've seen in the past, he is 100% in the conversation to be the, the yardage leader. Um, they have no running back situation at all. So I wouldn't expect them to, you know, try and lead on the running game. Like they're really going to have no choice, but to let luck throw if he's healthy. And even that, even the fact that they don't have a ton of weapons, like that doesn't scare me. They still have T Y Hilton. Luck will lean on him. You know, two, two pretty good tight ends in my opinion. Like luck has proven that he can make it work regardless of who's out there with him. So yeah, I think maybe this is a fishy take, but uh, I don't know how you can't not like luck at plus twenty five hundred. No, I agree. I mean, if he was, if he basically like hadn't thrown a football, hadn't had like the issue where like he didn't throw a football for like a year, like what is he like plus seven hundred, plus a thousand? Like, yeah, I would say like twelve hundred maybe, but either way, significantly better than what he is currently. Right, and like you have to think that they're not going to put him on. Like at this point. The only way he's playing is if he's good, you know, like if he's ready to play. So like, yeah, like, like you said, I think that there's a lot of value here. Um, I mean, the last time he had that really big season, it's not like his weapons were much better. He basically had T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I think he still had Moncrief, Reggie Wayne then. Probably. Yeah. So like that was the big difference. Like Moncrief to me is like whatever. He stinks. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> he's not a difference maker. Kobe Fleener, who like just got cut, like he's not any good. And Dwayne Allen is like a perennial backup tight end. So like, I, it's not like he had like all these weapons last time. Uh, their best running back is probably Naheem Hines, who can catch passes. Like he is, he's going to be all over the field for them. Marlon Mack catches passes as well too. Like this, what this team is built for luck still. And uh, the offensive line is a lot better since the last time we saw him, uh, at least on paper. So like, uh, I, I really like luck. I mean, I the only thing. Keeping out of my top 10 for fantasy is just like the depth of the position. So like, I think there you can factor in the health, but in terms of this prop, like you said, like this is very, very low risk, uh, you know, for a guy who when he's right is probably still one of the like five or six best quarterbacks in football. Uh, Case Keenum in Denver, Matt, any thoughts there? Uh, had the good year last year. I think some people credit that to Pat Shermer. So, you know, different coaching staff, different environment. What do you think of him? It's interesting because on paper, you know, he's got two great weapons, but I think Denver is another team that is going to try and lean on their running game and defense. You know, they they uh, took a little bit of a step back in the defensive department last year, but I still think they're one of the best defenses in the league, and they're going to be adding, you know, another monster pass rusher in uh, Bradley Chubb. So, yeah, I think that uh, Keenum is going to be more of like a game manager than a guy who's airing it out 40 times a game. 
I agree with you, but I just want to say that I think that that's a mistake. Like, I, I really think that Denver, because I, I saw uh, Brad Evans from of Yahoo. Uh, I forget what he said the sources were, but he pretty much like had some like Denver insider or someone like tell him that like this is going to be like a run first offense. Kind of talk a little bit about like who the backs would be and stuff. But like their their personnel is really made pretty well for the spread. Like Case Keenum was a spread quarterback. Did really well in like that kind of an offense last year. Um, and they have a ton of receivers like Manny Sanders, DT. They just drafted Corlton Sutton, who I think is is pretty good. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton, they also spent, I'm pretty sure, a top 100 pick on. Like they have a lot of receiving weapons. Uh, Royce Freeman was a spread back at Oregon. So like they have like all these pieces to kind of like go like three and four wide and spread it out and throw it. Um, but it sounds like they're just going to play – Denver Bronco football, whatever that means, and just like run it, run their faces into oblivion. Like I just, I just don't like it. Like because I do agree. Like I think the defense is good. Like I think Denver could like realistically like win a bunch of games, but I don't think they're going to do it by like slamming a rookie running back into like an eight man box twenty times a game. So I don't know. That's just my opinion. But I, I do agree. Like I, I, if that's how they're going to play, like the prop is doesn't seem terribly live. Um, but I, I do like Case as like a late round quarterback especially like in a best ball because i think he's gonna have i think there's gonna be games where they're trailing and he's gonna have uh you know a couple good a couple good games there i mean trevor simeon could and he stinks so like <laughs> yeah i think case Keenum definitely can uh Derek carr super disappointing uh, you know very simply like do you think he's gonna bounce back uh, the rumor is now like from his brother is that he was you know never really healthy last year uh so i don't know i mean it, i definitely can buy that but I'm not sure if I want to buy it. You know, what do you think about him kind of bouncing back under, uh, uh, you know, the head of the fired coaches Academy, John Gruden? <laughs> hey, if anybody's going to be neutral when talking about Derek Carr, it's going to be David Carr. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah. Who, who like, who's going to be more neutral between like David Carr and John Gruden, who like loves every quarterback in the last like six drafts. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something, Anthony, this guy, Derek Carr, is a football player, okay? <laughs> um, in all seriousness, I will be passing on Derek Carr. Uh, unless Amari Cooper, like, takes a massive step and becomes, like, wide receiver, like, the wide receiver one for fantasy, which I don't think is a, is a non-zero chance, or I do think is a non-zero chance, but, like, to expect this guy to go from 3,500 yards last year, never breaking 4,000 for his career, to getting close to 5,000 yards, I think is, is a bit much. Definitely. Like a good season for him would be like staying healthy, getting 4,000 yards. Like they don't really have the weapons. I mean, they've replaced Crabtree with, with Nelson, who I think is kind of like shot at this point. Um, or at least closer to shot than still being good. And, uh, I think Gruden historically has been very, very balanced. So like, I don't really see, a like a huge pass attempt surge. Like I think his pass attempts this year are probably less than they've been over his career. So, uh, I'm passing on Carr. Uh, now we have like a, a pretty fun trio of like Goff, Wentz, and Smith. All had awesome seasons last year, especially when you compare to like kind of their expectations, particularly Goff. Uh, do you like these guys to uh, progress, regress, or stay the same in 2018? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on what we're really talking about. I think that, you know, as far as being quarterbacks, like Wentz and Goff, should probably be expected to progress, but I don't know what that's going to do for their numbers. You know, these guys have the benefit of playing for 
maybe the two best teams in the NFC. So I don't think that they're necessarily going to be asked to do a ton. Um, you know, just to put that in perspective, they were 23rd and 24th in terms of pass frequency last year. Um, which makes sense when you consider that they're ahead and, you know, uh, at least in the Rams case, have an elite running back in, in Todd Gurley. So, uh, I think that they can both be expected to get better, but I don't know what it means for their numbers. Alex Smith, I think, is a guy that is probably being underrated right now, um, at least from a fantasy perspective. Like, the guy just seems to always get the job done and nobody ever wants to draft him. Never. But I think the, you know, the expectation that he's going to lead the league in passing yards is, is, uh, too much for him. Like, I could see him having a nice year in Washington, you know, exceeding his average draft position, but, you know, to expect this guy to lead the league, you know, after seeing a significant downgrade in weapons, in my opinion, I, I think is a bit too much to ask from him. Yeah, I think all these guys are going to be worse this year than they were last year in terms of the numbers. Um, and maybe they'll progress as, as players, obviously. I, uh, I just don't really see it. Like you mentioned Smith, like, I mean, Kirk Cousins really struggled, I thought, last year uh, to like hit like his ceiling. And Jay Gruden was like bitching about like him not throwing the ball deep, but like it's because they had no players like Josh Doxson and uh, like Crowder's good, but he's like an underneath player. Jordan Reed's never healthy. Yeah, it'd be nice if that um, guy could stay on the field for a little bit. Yeah, like they and they added Paul Richardson, so maybe they think that that's the difference. I don't really agree, but we'll see. Um, like, so I think Alex Smith like has no real shot to be like the same guy he was last year. I still think that he's being undervalued. He's being drafted like outside the top 20 quarterbacks again. Like yep. how does that, how does that keep happening? <laughs> because, um. <laughs> because he's boring, you know, that's, I mean, that's the answer. I got just don't get it. Um, I mean, Wentz was another like high touchdown rate guy last year, yep. uh, low yards um, coming off the injury. So like we don't, he, we don't even really see him in week one. Uh, so I think he'll probably be worse. And Goff, I mean, I, we saw Goff already kind of start taking like that, downward turn last year as teams started to figure out the McVay audibles in the headset thing. Uh, so we'll kind of see like how McVay counters that this year. Uh, and if that leads to Goff growing a little bit, but I, I still don't think that he's going to grow as a fantasy player. If for no other reason than the fact that like, I don't even think they're going to have to throw as much as they did last year. Like the team is, the team was good last year. And I think they're a lot better, especially on defense. Like I think they have probably a top three defense, and that just means a lot of Todd Gurley. I don't think it. I don't think Goff's gonna have to do that much. Yeah, I want to go out on a limb. It's probably not even a limb, but I just want the record to state that I still am not convinced that Jared Goff is actually a good quarterback. Oh yeah, same. You know, like he played in a great offense with that was designed to for him to succeed. So, like if you replaced him with Alex Smith, like I would make the argument that I I would expect the Rams to be a better team, which I don't know if a lot of people would agree with. So. Uh, yeah, I'm selling all the Jared Goff stock I have, which I don't have to begin with. But <laughs> well, I mean, in the Lindy in the Lindy Dynasty reboot, two quarterback, like, will you draft Jared Goff? He's gonna go before I would take him. So no. There you go. So there you go. Uh, so of this group, Matt, uh, who do you like for the yardage prop? Who do you like for fantasy? Yeah, I think we're both gonna kind of be in agreement here. I think Luck is the guy for the yardage prop at plus twenty five hundred. And Mahomes is the best fantasy value with where he's being drafted right now. Yaga, I agree. Tier four. This is where it goes off the rails a little bit. Um, well, maybe not just yet. But this is kind of like the 
This is like a spot with some good fantasy players, I think. We have Dak Prescott, 40 to 1, Dalton, 50 to 1, Cam, 50 to 1, Mariota and Russell Wilson, 55 to 1, Sam Bradford, 60 to 1, Eli Manning, and Mitchell Trubisky, 65 to 1. So, I mean, first of all, I just want to say I'm really proud of Eli for being able to come in behind Sam Bradford in a yardage prop. <laughs> I just, I'm really, really happy that that's where we're at now as the Giants, as the Giants. That, I mean, Sam Bradford might not even, he, by the time this podcast comes out, he could be injured, <laughs> but he has a better shot to lead the league in passing yards than Eli Manning. So I don't know, but we got four mobile quarterbacks here, Dak, Cam, Mariota, Wilson. Uh, I think it would make sense that they're this low uh, here just because, you know, the passing yards is not really their forte. Uh, but what do you kind of make of that group for fantasy? Because these are all guys that I think in different spots have been, you know, pretty productive fantasy players. Yeah, I, we were talking before we started recording, and I think that um, Wilson, Cam Newton, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers are the top four fantasy QBs this year. Uh, they're not being drafted that way at the moment, which I think does create some value with some of these guys. You know, Newton's going fifth, Brady's going seventh, as we already mentioned, with Wentz and, and Garoppolo and Watson, um, you know, uh, slotting in ahead of some of these guys. So I think that they are great bets for fantasy. Um, Cam Newton has never been a yardage guy. So for this prop, I would fade him. If I was going to bet on one of them, it would be Russell Wilson. Uh, you have to hate what you're hearing in terms of they want to go back to sort of that smash mouth football type of mentality, but I don't necessarily think that they're going to have any success with that given uh, their personnel at the moment. I mean, it's one thing when you have good offensive linemen and Marshawn Lynch. It's another when your your guys can't block for a second and you're giving the ball to uh, Rashad Penny, who, while I do like him as a player, like he's yet to prove anything in the NFL. So I think that um, Wilson could potentially end up passing more than expected so for the prop odds, I think he's probably the best bet of the bunch. Um, but I like Newton and Wilson for fantasy. And, uh, you know, Mariota, I think, could be somebody to buy low on, too. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm just always buying on Mariota. Um, maybe this is the year, freed from the shackles of the Smash Mouth offense, that, uh, this that he gets it done. This is, like, if he doesn't do it this year, the excuses over. are over. 100%. Um, I, you know, I mean, Matt LaFleur, I really, really like the coaching staff. Um, still good weapons. I mean, they just spent a top five pick on Corey Davis. Like, I think, again, like this is kind of the breakout spot for Davis. Uh, Richard Matthews is still uh, perennially underrated. Yeah, we're a fan of him on this podcast. So uh, out of that group, like I, I think that he is like a super good value. Um, we'll see what Dak does. I mean, Dak has to have the worst odds of yeah. these guys, like if we were making them, which is weird because he has the best in terms of the, the prop, but like he just has no receivers. I'm like, honestly flabbergasted that he's only 40 to one. It's crazy. Like man. if Dallas has their way, they're going to run the ball more than pass it this year. Like definitely, you know, he, they could finish 32nd in terms of pass percentage. And uh, if that can lead the league in pass yardage with that kind of split, like he should be the hands down, no brainer, unanimous MVP, um, <laughs> which is another way of saying it's not going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, maybe you can make a case for him in fantasy, but certainly not in the yardage department. Yep. Uh, now you have uh, Dalton Manning or both vets coming off of a couple bad years. 
uh, really no way to spin that. Uh, any shot for them to bink this prop or uh, just have good fantasy years? I'm all in. Chips oh, it's are me. going into the middle of the table on Elijah. Let's go. Um, and listen, you know how painful it is for me to do that. Like, I think that the guy is the most overrated football player that ever lived. <laughs> but look at what they've done in the offseason, and it's hard not to like him to bounce back. Like, they've completely rebooted their offensive line. They gave him a great weapon in the backfield in Saquon Barkley. And I don't think that adding Saquon all of a sudden means they're going to become, you know, a run-first type of team. Like, I think that they'll throw it to him, um, you know, and, and stay somewhat balanced. I mean, they will probably regress from where they were last year in terms of being the fourth most pass-friendly uh, offense. But I don't think they're all of a sudden going to fall to, like, a bottom-20 type of team. So uh, I think getting Eli at plus 6,500, especially considering that he has Odell Beckham Jr., who is a, a legit take-the-top-off-the-field type of dude, can score from anywhere. Um, like, the fact that he is behind Sam Bradford and tied with Mitchell Trubisky is just absolutely ridiculous, in my opinion. I'm so happy that I, I thought I, I was getting ready to make this argument myself. So I'm happy that you're on board. I mean, just too much value. Just too much value. Like we talk all the time on the show about like, you know, you obviously want to get good odds um, in terms of value. You always also though want to consider like the probability that the bet actually hits. Like it's, I think it's reasonable. I mean, Eli's 65 to one. Like I don't think there's a one in 66 chance that he leads the league in yards. Like I think it's much better than that. Yeah. You know, and like Eli like you said, because of the weapons has just a, such a good chance. Like very similar, like what we were saying about Mahomes, except that like Eli's never going to run. So like any drop back is going to be a pass attempt or a sack, you know, like that's just the only way it's going to work out. And I'm like, I'm with you. Like, I think that like people way overhype the running back thing because like they just assume that, that it, it, just like phrase is better. Like even if Barkley carries the ball 20 times a game, that's 320 carries. Like the average NFL offense runs like a thousand plays. Like that's that's still a ton of passing opportunities. Like obviously Barkley's not going to be the only guy to get a carry on the offense, but like all Bark, all that has to happen is for Saquon to represent like a very large market share of the rush attempts, and you still have a very pass friendly offense with now like a new weapon that's very explosive. So uh, I definitely like Eli for the prop. Um, I definitely like Eli over over uh, Dalton, I think, with respect to like ADP and all that stuff. Um, I mean, if you just look at like June ADP, like Eli Manning, well, Manning and Dalton are both going very, very late. But like the only guy who like is probably going to start all 16 games and is going after them is Ryan Tannehill. Like that's just the disrespect is just unbelievable. Say what you want about Eli in terms of the Hall of Fame. He's better than this. Uh, at least I hope. So I, I will definitely be buying. Yeah. And I mean, I think uh, to go back to what you're saying about Saquon, like I think that the way that the Steelers use Lev Bell would be a nice mold for the Giants to use Saquon. Like definitely give him like 95% market share of the carries and get him involved in the passing game. Like you don't have the Giants don't have another running back who even really deserves to be on an NFL roster at this point. I know. So I don't understand, like, if he only gets 80% of their market share, I would be disappointed. Like, he should be a 90-plus type of guy. I mean, I obviously think that there's a chance that I'm hoping that Pat Shermer is just way too smart 
to let like Dave Gettleman's like bad decisions like impact him, like spending three million dollars on on uh, Jonathan Stewart because he was good in Carolina like one time. Uh, I <laughs> like, hope they that did Shermer that, just cut through it. They did that before. Um, they knew they were gonna get Saquon. You know, like I think if they knew they were gonna take Saquon at two, they wouldn't have done that. I hope so. Uh, so yeah, buying Eli. Pray for us. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, you mentioned, uh, is getting buzz as like a sleeper because of Matt Nagy and, uh, you know, they, they signed Allen Robinson. Uh, what, do, what do you make of Trubisky? Uh, I don't get it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I don't get it. Like, uh, I watched him play last year and they were scared to let him throw the ball more than five yards past the line of scrimmage. You know, like they were somewhat successful with him but it was because they were running the ball 95 times a game. So I don't think that adding Allen Robinson, who I've always felt personally is overrated to begin with, is going to catapult Mitch Trubitsky, you know, as to being like a top 15 quarterback. I, I don't get it at all. Yeah, like I, I think that Trubisky was like a decent prospect. And like I think that in like three years or something, like he could be like an above average starter. But I don't think he's going to make like this. I think like because of what happened with Goff last year in the Rams, like everyone is just looking for the next Jared Goff. And uh, I just don't think that those situations happen that often. Like, I mean, I, and granted, it's completely like, unprecedented. Right. Um, you know, normally, like if you're a rookie and you're good, you play right you're away good. and you have success. Right. So, yeah, I, I think that trying to bank on Trubisky being Goff is is way off. Like I would not, if you want to buy Trubisky because of other reasons, that's fine. But thinking he's the next Goff to me is foolish. Right. And I get that like Goff, I, sorry, I get that like John Fox is also like the, the bad coach, like Jeff Fisher in this case. But I mean, like, I don't know, like you said, like I look at the game log and I see that Mitch Trubisky threw seven passes in a game, in a game that he was not injured. And <laughs> I just like, don't see how that's possible for that player to then next year be like a really good fantasy player. You know what I mean? Like not to oversimplify it, but like, yeah, like uh, I think that he'll improve. Obviously. I don't think that he'll be like the same exact player he was last year, but I, I don't think he's going to have like this, this mega leap. I certainly don't think he has any shot to leave the league passing yards. That would be the biggest surprise in NFL history. In my opinion. I agree. Uh, so out of this group, Matt, a uh, couple guys we mentioned that we like, but who do you like the most? Uh, you know, for the prop and for the fantasy. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously my two favorite fantasy QBs out of here are Cam and Russell, um, but you have to pay that premium for them. Uh, I think Eli going outside of the top 20 at QB right now is pretty crazy. So uh, I think he's the best fantasy value right now. He's literally being drafted as the 30th quarterback off the board in my fantasy league. So he's free. Like, he is absolutely free and has the potential to play on a good offense this year. So uh, I like him in fantasy, and I like him in this prop at plus 6,500. I like your thoughts, Matt. Uh, I do want to give a shout to Mariota because I still think that he is uh, pretty undervalued. Uh, he's going, let's see, in June, he's going 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. This is great podcasting, right? <laughs> 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. I have 15, him at 14. 15th or 16th? Yeah, I think he's going like in the mid-teens. Uh, and I think that he has, I still think he has like that, that pretty high upside if they get his legs going and all of a sudden he has like a bunch of rushing attempts that previously he really hasn't had. Uh, so I like Mariota as well. All right. Last tier, Matt, this is, this is just called potpourri. 
Uh, <laughs> Ryan Tannehill, 70 to one. Baker Mayfield, Blake Bortles, Jacoby Brissett, Joe Flacco, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, and Sam Darnold are all 80 to one. Your boy, Josh McCown, 120 to one. Tyrod Taylor, also 120 to one. Hugh Jackson's boy, AJ McCarron, 150 to one. And Lamar Jackson, 150 to one. I mean, I, none of these guys have a shot to win the yardage prop. I don't think. I mean, I, I do know a couple guys that I've talked to at Rotoviz, like kind of like Matt Tannehill to like lead the league in pass attempts. I don't buy it. I don't think anyone in this area is going to win the yardage prop. But still some good questions that we can ask for fantasy. I think uh, perhaps most important, like out of the rookies, uh, Mayfield, Allen Rose, and Darnold Jackson, uh, which quarterback do you think will start the most games in 2018? So I think that uh, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and even Josh Allen, who – you know, uh, the fantasy community hates, but uh, the scouting community seems to love. I think all three of those guys should be week one NFL starters. Now, maybe they don't. Maybe Darnold and Mayfield have to wait a couple of weeks, but I'm just saying personally, I would start them from week one. And I think that buying rookie quarterbacks in general is good process in fantasy because you see it that, you know, them having to quote unquote win the job depresses their value. Um, you know, that was part of the reason why I was so high on Deshaun Watson last year was he was going, I think as QB 27 at the time that I wrote the piece. And the big reason why was because people were afraid that Tom Savage was going to keep him off the field, which to me was ridiculous. Like he's Tom Savage. Um, if he had known that he was going to start day one, he would have been, I think, easily a top 20 quarterback given his dual, dual, uh, threat capability. So I think that a lot of the same thing is applicable to these guys. Um, I would be buying them in MFL 10s, in 2QB leagues, and just hoping that the teams do the right thing. Rosen is a little bit different because he does have Sam Bradford in front of him, who has at least proven to be a capable quarterback at times. So he might take longer to get on the field. And then Jackson is the real wild card here, right? Like, um, I could see him starting week one, or I could see him starting zero games this year. So he's really the toughest one for me to peg from a fantasy perspective. I probably will not have nearly as much of him as I will of uh, Mayfield, Darnold, and Allen, but I probably will want to get some exposure in certain places just in case he does win the job. Yeah, I like all that. Uh, now, you mentioned Sam Bradford with Rosen, but no mention of Tyrod with uh, Mayfield. You're not on the Tyrod train? No. I mean, <laughs> I, I, listen, we like Tyrod. I'm team Tyrod, but no one else seems to. And if you're the Browns, what's your incentive for playing him? Like, do you think the Browns are going to win 10 games if they play Tyrod? So you might as well uh, see what this guy Mayfield's about. You know, like, it's only good things, in my opinion, for playing him. I don't think you really gain much by sitting. You know, for every Aaron Rodgers there is, there's a quarterback who sits for two years and then sucks. So I think you want to get these guys on the field and let them get their lumps. I just think it would be so Browns for Tyrod to play like half the year because they feel like they have to justify the the trade to acquire him, you know, like, because I'm with you. Like, you pick a guy one overall, like, just let him let him play. Like, that's you have to. And they have a good infrastructure, you know, like, um, but Hugh Jackson is just so adamant about Tyrod starting, you know, and, and I like Tyrod, too. Like, I, I am a, a Tyrod defender, but. I really like Baker Mayfield. Like, I mean, he's the first pick in the friggin' draft. And he's like, 
you know, realistically, a really good quarterback prospect. Yeah, go ahead. I think that's coach speak. Like, I think that these coaches want to, you know, make it sound like the rookie has to win their job, but I don't really buy a ton of it. I really don't. Like, I think that front office wants the rookie to play, and I think that the coach just needs to make it look like he's not giving the job to the rookie. So, yep. And I think that, like, Mayfield, like, like I said, like, I don't really think any of these guys are going to win the props because. You know, like Mayfield may not start all the games. Like a bunch of these guys probably don't start all the games. But like, I really like Baker. Like, I think he's just a, I think he's like this year's Watson. Not in the sense that like Watson's gonna, like he's gonna have like that kind of a stretch. Just the fact that he's gonna be like a really big value because you look at like a lot of these other guys in the offense. Like, uh, I mean, Josh Gordon is like a top fifty pick. Jarvis Landry is pretty much a top fifty pick. Duke Johnson has value. David Njoku has value. Like, yeah. there's a lot of guys on the team that fantasy players like, and then they don't like the quarterback. So, like, draft a quarterback. Like, to me, that's, like, a good, yep. just a smart value proposition. No, I totally agree. Like, as far as weapons go, the Browns are probably top five in the NFL. So, get the QB. Like, I, I totally agree. Don't let Tyrod scare you. Even if you have to wait four weeks, you know, in a 2QB league or an MFL 10, he's going late enough that you can still – have him pay off his salary pretty easily at that rate. So definitely, I, I like Mayfield. Uh, now you, you kind of answered this already, but do you do you see any of these first round quarterbacks sitting the entire season? It sounds like Jackson's like the only guy you really see as a possibility there. I mean, I think Allen had. Uh, I'm sorry, Rosen could potentially if the Cardinals have a much better than expected year, but Jackson's the only one that I would actually think. Um, ends up sitting like he's going to play. He's going to have some some snaps, I would imagine. But I don't think that he's going to force Flacco out the door quite yet. Yeah. You know, Flacco is kind of become underrated again. Like, I know he didn't have a great year last year, but if you put the guy in the right situation, I still think he can get the job done. Joe Flacco sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I it's just so wrong to me that that. Lamar Jackson's not going to play. Like, I, I mean, I don't even think he should have gone as late as he did in the draft. Like, I love him. So, like, I, I can't really speak rationally, I guess. But, like, I just think that they have such a good infrastructure for him because, you know, their two main offensive coaches coached, you know, Vic and Kaepernick and had success. Like, just start, just start the engine now. Like, I just don't think there's a lot to be gained by trying to, like, resurrect another year of Flacco. Like, the writing's already on the wall. Just, just make the move, but that's just not, you know, it's not what teams do. So we'll see whatever. what happens. I, I mean, he yeah. can, like, would you be shocked if Flacco led the Ravens to the playoffs this year? Because I wouldn't. No, I mean, they were pretty close last year, and he didn't really play that well. So, yeah, I could see it. Uh, I mean, outside of Bortles, who, like, doesn't really have competition in this tier, and Tannehill, uh, like, which, which of these veterans, like, I guess particularly, like, the veterans who are competing with rookies, like, which of those guys are you most likely to draft in, let's say, like, a QB league? None of them. Really, I'm drafting none of them. And I want to go out and uh, stand for Ryan Tannehill for a second since I didn't really get the chance to yet. I I know you kind of poo-pooed it, but the Dolphins led the league in pass percentage last year. They're going to be bad again. They have no running back after trading a Jai. Like, I don't think Kenyon Drake is any good. So I don't think, like, just out of pure necessity, Tannehill is going to have to throw the ball a ton this season. So I don't, you know, I don't like his chances of leading the league in passing yards, but I certainly think he can outperform his current ADP where he's being drafted as the 31st QB off the board. Yeah, I can vibe with that. 
I can definitely vibe with that. I mean, if they get the uh, the long awaited Devontae Parker breakout, uh, that certainly furthers that that goal. Yeah, um, and you know I love Mike Gusecki. Like maybe he's not great as a rookie, at least right out of the gates, but I think that guy is going to be a weapon. Mm-hmm. And you know Kenny Stills is perennially underrated. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I think like I think that at at minimum he's he's got to be at least like as valuable as Derek Carr, who's like two tiers up on this list. Like, yeah, get so on I definitely, board. I definitely Danny Amendola, that. baby. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, anytime you can, anytime you can cut a, like every year, all pro defensive tackle to sign Danny Amendola and Albert Wilson, you just have to do it. We in here. <laughs> you just have to do it. Uh, so let's uh, just to like quickly summarize, Matt, just run through like your top 10 fantasy quarterbacks this year. We don't need any like real analysis. Just give us the names. Uh, just the listeners have a little actionable tidbit here to take with them. Sure. So I said my top four is Rogers, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, and Tom Brady. Uh, I have them ranked in that order. Deshaun Watson is five for me. Um, that's lower than, than some and higher than others. But uh, honestly, he's the guy that I think is the biggest wild card here. So I have him five. Roethlisberger, six. I already mentioned I love the weapons. Um, Kirk Cousins, seven. He honestly, I think, is the guy that could potentially move down my board the most. But it's hard to knock getting to throw to Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. Uh, Pat Mahomes, eight. Drew Brees, nine. Uh, I'm continuing the trend for Brees here that I think that the Saints are going to be, you know, sort of like a more balanced team. And then I have Carson Wentz, 10th. And uh, I think, again, that's probably lower than most people, but higher than others. So he's another wild card type guy for me. Yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of the same names are going to be on my list. Uh, I started with Brady. So I went Brady, Rogers, Cam, then Russell. Uh, I put Mahomes five. I guess that's probably my my strongest take on here. Um, the next group, which I mentioned before, I have Stafford, Breeze, Ben, I, I mean, I can see myself changing those three pretty much all summer because I really like <laughs> I really like all the guys that you know these people are throwing to. I, I probably like Breeze the less the least, but I feel like I have to give him like the benefit of the doubt and and have him above Ben. Um, Mario to nine and Cousins ten. So the strong takes here is, is Mahomes, I guess. Yeah, I think that's uh, a good limb to be out on. So yeah, so let's get into the book it my bookie picks of the week. Matt, what what do you think the listeners should be wagering on this week? I'm taking us to the courts. And of course, I'm talking about the big three basketball courts. Um, if you missed it, this league is just super fun. They kicked off last week, and Nate Robinson just had a tremendous game. Um, they were taking on, he plays for Team Tri-State, taking on Trilogy, who last year won the league were undefeated at 10 and 0. Uh fe- feature some some great NBA names like Rashad McCants and Al Harrington who me and you both love. Yeah. Uh Kenyon Martin. So anyway, the team was undefeated last year and Nate Rob just put on a show. And I I'm going to just go into it a little further. Like McCants showed up at the game wearing a Joker mask and an Infinity Gauntlet, okay? Hashtag Nate, big three. <laughs> Nate Rob hits the game winner, then walks over to the bench, steals the Joker mask and tries to put it on, nearly incites a brawl. Like, this is everything that big three basketball is about right here, baby. 
So with that in mind, I'm taking Tri-State and Nate Robinson to win the title at plus 450. Like, who is better suited for this league right now than Nate Robinson? The guy was made to play in the big three. He still is somewhat in his athletic prime, unlike a lot of these guys. Um, the team also has Amari Stoudemire, who, you know, is probably the best NBA player in this thing. Um, Jermaine O'Neal, like, Bonzi Wells, what a great name. Who doesn't want to bet on Bonzi Wells anymore? Like, give me Tri-State and give me all the big three basketball. I'm all in, baby. I love it. Uh, I mean, I'm definitely going to start watching because that, uh, that McCants thing was just so funny. Uh, I'm going to tennis because we do have Wimbledon coming up. And uh, Rafa Nadal, fresh off a French Open victory, is plus 550 here at Wimbledon. Uh, he is the master of clay, but still really good at Wimbledon. He's never finished outside the top four. Uh, he does have two wins. Uh, Fed is the fave at plus 150. The Joker is plus 350. Uh, but those guys are on the same side of the bracket. So Rafa only has to beat one of them, I think that makes him a great value. Uh, and it's also worth noting that he is a 60% career against Fed, uh, basically even against Djokovic, but does have two of three wins against him on grass. So uh, I think he had kind of has the edge here. I mean, Fed is obviously like the Wimbledon goat, uh, just a straight up goat, but especially at Wimbledon, he is like super dominant, but you know, he is aging. He's kind of already talked about how like he's kind of scared of Nadal in this tournament. Uh, so I, I like Rafa plus 550. Uh, I just think it's a good value bet. I think he probably should be closer to like three to one. So uh, that's where I'm at with the tennis. Is it basically a lock that one of those three guys wins? You know, like I'm not a huge tennis guy. I, I'm way more into like golf, but it just feels like one of Federer, Djokovic or Nadal wins every major. You know, like maybe you get some... uh Martin Del Potro or Dami Thyme in like these smaller tournaments, but in the majors, like it just seems like you have to back one of the big three. Yeah, the just I mean the guy, the modern big four, um, which is like Fed, Nadal, Djokovic, um, Andy Murray, who hasn't been good in like years. I feel like yeah, like the last guy to win at Wimbledon that like wasn't those guys. I think is like Leighton Hewitt in like 2002. Like oh God. these guys, these guys dominate in, in Wimbledon and like in all the majors. So, cause this is what they play for. I mean, you gotta, the career slam is like a really big thing. And, uh, you know, all these guys are trying to just win the majors. Like that's really all that matters. Like it, that's why you see like Serena, like doesn't play at all. And then like plays the majors, like fed really only started playing again, like a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, just in time for all the majors, like that's, that's what these guys care about. So, uh, yeah, I would say, I would say it's pretty, I mean, I, I don't really think that, I really don't even think that Djokovic is like playing Djokovic tennis right now. Like he, he is definitely like on the way back, but I don't think he's like all the way back. Right. Um, so like, I, I don't even think like when he was 350 there, I was pretty surprised. Yeah. So then maybe it makes sense to bet Fed and Rafa and set it up so that whichever one wins, you're going to come out ahead. But yeah. again, like I, I agree that Rafa plus five fifty seems nice compared to the other big two. Love it. So that's uh that's gonna do it for this edition of Laying the Points, brought to you my by my bookie. Uh, very diverse show today. We talked a little big three basketball, we talked <laughs> some tennis, we talked football. So uh, definitely a good show. Hopefully you guys liked it. Uh, if you did, you know, be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And do yourselves a favor, get that deposit bonus on my bookie. 
Use promo code laying the points uh, for Matt Lamarca. I'm Anthony Miko. May the odds be ever in your favor. Welcome to the Subway ad for $2.99 subs. How would you like it? Uh, I'll take Drill Sergeant, please. You got it. All right, now, listen up. I want each and every one of you to drop and give me a six-inch meatball marinara. Cold-cut combo. Veggie delight. Or Black Forest ham on your choice of bread with any veggies you want for just $2.99 each. Sir, yes, sir! Subway! Make it what you want at participating restaurants. Additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied. This September at local area Subway restaurants, your meal purchase will help our neighbors in need. Purchase a sub drink and chips and help us donate 200,000 meals to local Feeding America food banks. Subway meal includes any sub, salad, or wrap with any drink and chips or two cookies. For every two meals purchased through September 30th, participating Subway restaurants will donate one meal up to 200,000 meals to San Francisco and East North South Bay Area food banks. One meal is the monetary equivalent of 10 cents. Meals secured by Feeding America on behalf of local member food banks. So pick up a great meal and make a difference in the community. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.